0: guys, and welcome back to another episode of Berluminati, the podcast where we drink beer and talk about conspiracy theories. My name is John. And this is Jake. And today on Berluminati, I am going to tell you another story. Vincent Foster was having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week. He just finished outlining a resignation letter that he was intent on delivering to his boss, and childhood friend, Bill Clinton. As the deputy White House counsel, he had spent the last month defending himself from a very scandalous scandal erupting all around him in D.C. And as a small-town attorney, he wasn't used to this sort of quagmire. Several very critical opinion pieces in the Wall Street Journal had torn Foster apart for his hand in the Travelgate scandal that plagued Clinton early in his career when he fired everyone in the White House travel office and replaced them with his own personal friends. Foster was devastated at the idea of being dragged in front of Congress to testify about his best friends, the Clintons. He had been battling insomnia nonstop since all of this had started. A friend in his hometown in Arkansas was visiting the White House and told Foster that he imagined him having lunch with the president each day, adjourning for a 5 p.m. cocktail on the Truman balcony, and spending weekends cruising the Potomac or relaxing at Camp David. But that wasn't the case at all. Foster had been looking for a psychiatrist, but was paranoid that they'd record his conversations. At home, he told his wife that he was considering resigning, and she was scared because the family had finally achieved the prosperity, comfort, and respect she thought they'd earned while serving alongside their friends who had ascended to the presidency. Thoroughly unhappy with politics and hating his life in D.C., Foster had had enough. He stared at his uneaten lunch, grabbed his jacket, and walked out of his West Wing office. He told his secretary to help herself to the M&Ms he'd left on his desk. Foster drove six miles to Fort Marcy Park, walked along the heritage trail in his slick business shoes and looked for a place to sit down. Then he pulled a 38 caliber Colt revolver from his pocket and shot himself in the head. Or did the Clintons murder their oldest friend in the world to cover up the slew of crimes He'd surely witnessed and helped cover up over the years. Foster had fingers in every single pie the Clintons had baked. So if there was dirt, he'd have it on his hands too. Today on Berluminati, we are doing something a little different. Every true crime and conspiracy realist podcast out there approaches the Clinton body count in the same way. They list off the big names, then show how their deaths may be a bit questionable, but not too suspicious. Then they explain how the Clintons are a well-connected family and no doubt have thousands of friends. So a bunch of them dying from suicide in plague crashes isn't too bizarre. But we're not going to do that because it's boring. And you've listened to it before. We're going to break down three deaths in the Clinton ecosphere that are very odd. But there's a twist. One of them is a total lie that Jake made up. And I have to correctly guess which one it is. Or I have to drink a disgusting gas station beer that may have been sitting in the trunk of Jake's car since last Thursday. But first, let's talk about the beers we're drinking. I read all that. So Jake, (laughs) (laughs) I'll jump in. Yeah. What are you drinking? Today,
1: I'm drinking a Blackwater Series Nitro Coconut Truffle Imperial Milk Stout.
0: That's not a mouthful. That's a tongue twister. That is a lot of words.
1: Um, it's uh, brought to us by Southern Tier.
0: I like Southern Tier. They make a bunch of great beers. They do. They do.
1: I But I was thinking back. I I think I've only ever had one of their
0: other things. I haven't really had a good amount. Yeah. I feel like I've talked about Imperial Pumpkin and Warlock on here before. Okay. I've had the Warlock. And I yeah. think they did a bourbon barrel aged Imperial Pumpkin last year or something yes, like that. Yes.
1: I do remember that. I've had those, but I haven't really had any of their other kind of... I only, I've only had their Stouts.
0: Yeah. Those two are all I've ever had. I think okay. really other times I've been like the grocery store or the bottle shop or yeah. whatever. And I see something Southern tier. I'm just like, Oh, they have that two X IPA. Yeah. That I see all the time. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That's right. They do have yeah. that. I've never, had I've, just, it yeah, I've never gotten it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I feel like they're from like the lake effect part of New York. Yeah, right
0: on the right on the lake, it's like Buffalo area or something.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's Lake Water or uh, Lake Water, Lakewood. Yeah, yeah, it's Lakewood, New York. So right on the uh, right on the river, bottom west southwest corner of New York. Really kind of a dead zone of an area. There's not a lot going on there. Yeah, I used to drive right through there all the time when I lived in Pittsburgh, and I would go up to Buffalo. And I would just go right through there. Okay.
0: They have apparently an auxiliary location in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Which I didn't know.
1: Yeah, Pittsburgh, great town. Um, but Lakewood is in Chautauqua County, which I just learned that uh, Chautauqua is Iroquoian language uh, and they literally have no idea what it means. So the entire county is named after a word that they have no origin story for. They don't know where it came from.
0: Wow, that's surprising.
1: Yeah, the, the whole language died during the French and Iroquois War when they were fighting over beaver pelts in the area. But the uh the beer's great. It's definitely living up to the whole nitro coconut truffle thing. It's got this really thick um not almond joys. What are the things that are like almond joys that are super coconut-y, Mounds, yeah, mounds. It, it tastes like a mound. Oh, wow. Okay, it's, that's I what love I love. Mean. Mounds, it's like a very dark chocolate, coconutty, truffly taste.
0: Um, it's so, like, f- fun fact though, real yeah. quick about where the southern tier brewery is that's in New York. Yeah, this is like within spitting distance of where my family immigrated to in Pennsylvania really? originally. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. right over the border. Yeah, yeah, my family's from Port Allegheny, Pennsylvania.
1: Oh, yeah, Allegheny. Yeah, that's right there.
0: And it's like, yeah, it's like right there. It's very, it's close. That's so surprising.
1: It's pretty rural. There's not a lot going on there. I think when I looked up the town, there's about 3,000 people. And the only part in the Wikipedia page that isn't about Southern Tier Brewing is about some nearby town that tried to absorb them and they fought off the uh, absorption attempts. Oh, wow. That's and crazy. in their own town. So cool. But yeah, this is a great beer. I mean, I I haven't been disappointed by the stouts I've tried. I haven't tried their 2X IPA. Uh, I will at some point, I'm sure. Um, It's good. It's a nice standard stout. We're getting at the end of stout season here. Yeah. I'm holding on a little longer than most because it's like my jam.
0: Yeah. I feel like you can still kind of ride IPAs through most of the year. Yeah. You know, it's like when you get into summer, you have to... Go basically <laughs> just drink juiciness. but <laughs> but no, you can start doing the tropicals. You can do a little bit lighter ones. You can grab those sessions and stuff like that. For sure, um, Firestone Walker, yeah, um, Mind Haze, which is great beer, yeah. And I've been wanting to try the double now, really bad. Yes, since I've had which they it. do
1: have at the Harvester next to my house. I saw I,
0: I saw that they just picked up the yeah. double. Yeah, so they had um, this. They had the normal one for a while, but now they have the double. So yeah,
1: but I but I do hang on to stouts too long. I'll I'll drink a stout in August. I don't care. Uh, I'm still a fan, y- even though after the first one, you're kind of breathing a little heavy. <laughs> <laughs> you get a little
0: sweaty. Yeah, I'm still
1: holding on to it, you know? So, yeah. yeah.
0: But uh, what do you got over there? Well, in typical me fashion, <laughs> I got another IPA, shocker. So if you haven't figured it out yet on this show, basically you're just going to hear about a shit ton of IPAs <laughs> and some stouts. Yes. That <laughs> but sounds no, right. we, we're we going to branch out eventually. I know I've said I wanted to do, I wanna do some Rattlers. I want to do some more Gozas. I want to yeah. do some summertime shit. I have some Gozas in the fridge. You do. So they are going to come out eventually. And, and what brewer are they from? sycamore right right sycamore. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry so eventually i will stop talking about sycamore right. and i will stop talking about ipas at least for a little bit through the summer so we can talk about some other well, stuff they stopped putting out new beers we'd we'd hold off but, i know yeah the ip thing just exploded so much there's so many and, and i just love this style of beer so much it's like one of those things where i didn't really like it when it first came out because i didn't like that very old school pine tar piney flavor sure. you know yeah. that we've kind of talked about But once the New England style started coming out, the juicy, the hazy style, the tropicals, all of this stuff that's like really fruity and clean has a little bit of dank to it. I'm just like, I'm so, I'm running in that direction so hard. Yeah. Like, I don't care if it's horrible. (laughs) I would rather drink that. You know what I mean? But I went with a brewery that I personally have never drank a beer from before, but Jake has and touted them so high that I was like, I was in the beer store and I saw this and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Jake said this beer's, you know, this brewery's dope. So I'm going to give it a grab. And so I did. So I have the Tropical Blender IPA from Clown Shoes. Clown Shoes. Clown Shoes. <laughs> and God, this can alone is going to be hard to describe. It has like an entire yeah. novel's worth of writing. It's on. a graphic it's novel. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it has really sick art, which is part of the other reason I grabbed it because I was like, oh, fuck, this is dope. It basically has the Grim Reaper and like a tattered up, you know, shawl on him. And then he has, you know, a cowbell (laughs) and and, like a big scythe with like a beating heart on the top of it or something. And then the (laughs) other hand, he's holding up a blender. And then behind him, it's a bunch of like, cream and yellow and orange and it's just a bunch of blenders and skulls and stuff like it's really cool like the art on here is sick but at the top of the can it says tropical blender ipa an india pale ale with guava pineapple and mango uh it's a limited release apparently and then it has this whole like paragraph (laughs) about this beer it says blender series and then it says Grim isn't who you think he is. Well, yes, he reaps, but there's more (laughs) to him than that. He's got layers. He seems cut and dry, black and white, but that's a facade. He's an audiophile, a devotee of French cinema, a passionate cowbell player, and a collector (laughs) of first edition Russian literature. And you know what? He makes a mean fruit smoothie IPA. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is so silly. I love these dudes so much. Awesome. If you thought Grimm could handle a scythe, you should see him with a blender. <laughs> this one's got mango, guava, and pineapple purees. Perfectly tropically blended. Sure, we get it. You've heard a lot about the guy, and you're a little afraid of the Grimm, <laughs> but don't fear the blender. And that's his blender series. It's just so silly. Like every, I like everything about this. Like it just has a very good attitude. So um, uh, they sell, I just, I was looking at their website because I was thinking these guys should sell art prints
1: yeah. of these cans and they don't, which is disappointing. Oh, yeah. But they have a Don't Fear the Blender t-shirts on sale half off right now. And this isn't a promo. I just noticed this.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I need an should, extra large. You should get behind this. Let me check okay. it out. Yeah, I'm going to. It also has their mission statement on the side of the beer, which I I think is really cool. Like I wish more companies would like put their mission statement on here. Yeah, And this is kind of a cool one. It says our mission is to produce beer without pretension while being free and a little crazy.
1: Yeah, that's what it says when you you go to their website. It says beer without pretension
0: since 2009. That's cool. And so this is a 16-ounce can. So one pint, 7% ABV brewed and canned by Clown Shoes Beer Company in Boston, Mass. and Windsor, Vermont. They are part of the Independent Craft Brewers Association. And it's a smoothie IPA with guava, pineapple, mango puree, and lactose. Yeah, I I highly recommend
1: the company. I mean, everything I've had from them is weird and good and amazing. Yeah. And I just saw on their website they have a, a beer called Origin Story which is kind of a black and white, crazy Kung Fu kind of label. And it's a barrel aged IPA. It's an IPA aged in bourbon barrels. It says rich and complex notes of bourbon and oak mingle uniquely with subtle hoppiness and sturdy, slight, sweet malt backbone. 10%. I would drink that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Sounds interesting at the very least.
1: Yeah. They have a lot of cool, uh, a lot of cool looking beers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, when I poured this beer out into the glass, the first thing I said when I looked at Jake, I was like, this looks like straight up like a mango apricot, like chutney. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so orange. And yeah. I mean, that kind of like almost reddish orange. You almost can't shine a light through that. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like the color of the outside of a pumpkin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's very, very, yeah, it's a very orange, just ready orange. And I would say it's very heavy. Like, Does it
1: taste orange? You know how sometimes you get those IPAs that are that weird off mango color and you taste it and it just tastes like that color?
0: I Yeah. I mean, I guess this tastes like this color because it tastes very heavy. Like yeah. it's very thick in my mouth. You know what I mean? Like it has <laughs> a very thick, creamy heavy mouth, mouth feel. feel. Yeah. The, yeah. And I can't honestly really pick out any single one of these flavors. Like, I'm not going to say that this beer is bad, but I can't pick out guava. I can't pick out pineapple. I can't pick out mango mango or apricot. It just kind of tastes vaguely tropical, Okay. very thick, slightly boozy, a heavy mouth. You can taste the lactose. It's like my mouth is like foaming right now because it's so (laughs) lactose-y. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Would you say it tastes like all of those things blended together like in a blender? No, no, it's just kind of like a nondescript.
0: Yeah, it smells a lot tropical more like equator it, than fruit. it tastes like it. Huh, okay. And, and even now that I smell it, just kind of smells boozy. Oh, huh, okay. And, and like, I'm not gonna say this is bad because it's, I mean, I've crushed half of this beer already. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's very drinkable. I'm slaying my way through it. It's just like, it's not really blowing me out of the park. And I guess with tropical IPAs like this, especially ones that are like milkshakey or right. blended style or whatever where it has a lot of non-citrus fruits in it, you're not going to expect a really bright, really like one clean, crispy, yeah. clean kind of flavor. You're going to expect something a lot more dense, a lot more heavy, a lot more, you know, kind of creamy mouthfeel. And the flavors are not gonna be nearly as distinctive as something like an orange or right. a grapefruit, or, or right, you know, it's right. not gonna blast. It's not like turning the mids all the way up on your amp and like right, blast right. through the mix. This does not have any single flavor in it that blasts through the mix. It all kind of blends together in this just kind of like ipa IPAE type flavor. But yeah. I can't pick a single flavor out of it and yeah. it's super drinkable.
1: Yeah. You know what, you know what? Um, Kind of citrus milkshake IPAs remind me of, and this is a very weird comparison. What do you know? Why they
0: popcorn ceilings? Because it's cheaper.
1: Uh, I mean, that is yes, that is
0: one big part of it. But do you know? <laughs> do you know why it's cheaper? Because it's cheaper than finishing and painting a ceiling. Right. And what's why? Because you have to pay people to finish. Exactly. You have to like ceiling.
1: hire a dude who knows what he's doing to come in and popcorn. You just spray it up there. Yeah. And so like milkshake citrus ipas are the like spraying popcorn over the top of something to make it look nice and solve a problem but it's not like this clean super finished excellent thing you know
0: i yeah okay you know what i mean yeah like
1: look at your ceiling right now like you have very clean corners yes it's done very well there's no yeah for, for the for the listeners at home there's no popcorn up there it's a smooth ceiling
0: yeah i actually have a finished garage too yeah
1: so i mean so That's kind of what it reminds me of, you know, and they can do the same thing with bourbon barrel stouts. You can get like a chocolate cherry banana bourbon barrel stout and it just tastes like brown with some bourbon in
0: it, you know? Yes. And so it's like... Well, it's like that Neapolitan stout you had that one time and it didn't taste like any of that. It just tasted like metal. Right, exactly. It was just pennies. Just a bunch of pennies, you know? Yeah, I've gotten a number of fruited milkshake IPAs recently and they all kind of kind of had this thing going on with them where it's not like I can pick out a really particular flavor. Like I had a, like a black raspberry milkshake IPA recently, and it just sort of tasted like purple (laughs) and IPA. You know what I, you know what I mean? Just mixed
1: together. Not even like blended well. Just yeah. Here's some purple. Here's some IPA. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. No, I totally get it. So in, um, in Los Angeles, these streets these uh trees grow that you basically see when you're just going for a walk in any neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And there's these fruits that grow on them that they're not they're not like tangerines, they're not oranges, and they're not like uh those cuties, whatever those things really are. They're not those a things. Clementine? Yeah, they're not clementines. They're just like street citrus. And they're just that's kind weird. of weird. It's just this tree that's been there for 70 years pumping out fruit. And it's just kind of like turned into something different over the years because of where it's located. And so you just have street citrus. So you can grab one while you're walking down the street, open it up, take a bite, and it doesn't taste like any particular fruit. It just tastes like citrus.
0: Weird. And I think that's what they're using to make all these stupid IPAs
1: <laughs> that, are, that are citrus milkshake IPAs. Maybe. This I also probably have a really cheap. hard
0: time with mango because mango flavor is so dense and weird. It is. It's, it's kind of nondescript. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it just kind of hides other stuff. Because I imagine the guava was going to be very guava y. And I like the flavor of yeah. guava. It's very pink. Right. You know, and then I like pineapple. It's very acidic. It's very bright. Right. And I was kind of expecting this, but you put the mango on top of it and it just. Cuts all of that out. Yeah, it just yeah. makes it taste like heavy.
1: I wonder, and we'll we'll look into this, and I'll, I'll come up with an answer for it. But I wonder if you know when we we're when we were doing like the history of stouts that we recorded that we're going to put on Patreon eventually. Yeah, it's um you know we found out when they do lactose stouts they add lactose in as a powder later. I wonder if there's powder guava, powder mango, if that's how they're getting these flavors in there. Well, so they
0: said that it says on the can that they did guava, pineapple, and mango puree, but it oh, also puree. says it has a lactose, which means they probably powder, definitely yeah. added la- powdered yeah. lactose at the end, yeah. which is why I'm getting this really heavy, foamy mouthfeel yep. out of it. Like, my mouth is just watering right now. <laughs> I keep having to swallow yeah. and, and try and make it not sound like I'm swallowing.
1: There's, like, yeast replicating in your, on your dog right now.
0: Yeah, like, my mouth just feels so That's funny. heavy and coated in something and yeah. kind of wet and kind of huh. frothy. Like, okay. I'm, like, foaming at the mouth almost. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I would not say this is bad. It's not bad. Yeah. It's just very kind of nondescript. It's very fine yeah it drinks really well it's very very drinkable and it tastes good it just doesn't taste like anything specific right you know what i mean i get that and that and that's basically where i'm at with it it's kind of like
1: a i was gonna say like a bucket of fried chicken from a from a fast food place well i don't know if
0: it's popeyes be good (laughs) they got got those spices yeah (laughs) yeah but i mean yeah like with most beers that i say are fine like if i showed up at a party and somebody had this i would grab it above something else but for sure yeah you know i wouldn't be mad yeah not at all but it's not like i'm gonna snag it up and be like fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is exactly what i wanted today yeah 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 yeah,
1: and it, uh, the other beers of theirs that I've had have been absolutely amazing. So I'm not surprised they have one that's just kind of just good.
0: Fine. Yeah. 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 I mean, if a brewery has a ton of awesome beers and a couple that are just like good, yeah, that's still great. That's great. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. It's not like um, what's the brewery that does the Gaelic Ale? Highland. Highland. Yeah. Like all their beers are just kind of meh, beige. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of khaki. Ca- they're the uh, the khakis of beers. It's just yeah. all kind of whatever.
0: Anyway. Yeah, I want to hear about the Clinton body count because this is something oh, yes. I've always been extremely interested in but <laughs> never really done the research on and always been completely convinced that it was entirely true.
1: Yeah. So let me give you some background before we start into this. So basically, okay. if you go to any other kind of podcast or or website or blog or something, you just kind of punch in Clinton body count, what you're going to get is a list of anywhere from 10 to a couple hundred names where people are convinced that the Clintons murdered these people, sure, yeah. And so the all of the people on the list tend to have some sort of tenuous connection uh, and obviously the people died. And it's supposed to be this evidence. And so maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um all of those all of those podcasts and websites are out there. They're easily readable. Anybody can go out there and find them, and they can make up their own idea about it. I like you said in the intro, I want to do something a little different here. So I've got these three stories. Okay. Two of them are 100% correct. According to uh, the conspiracy realists. Okay. Okay. And one of them, I completely pulled out of my ass. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> and so you're going to have to, to choose. A lie. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna have to choose the one that I made up. And if you're wrong, I have a can of Steel Reserve that's been sitting in my oh, trunk no. since last Thursday, and it's been hot out.
0: What right. happens if I get it right? Do you have to drink it?
1: No, I'm just gonna run away. Like oh, I'm just going damn! Home. All right, so I have everything to lose. You have okay, everything to, everything's to, lose. to gain. Yes, because I, cre- I created the game. So.
0: I create.
1: Do would you yeah. like to play a game? And actually, to be fair, I don't. I don't really have a can of Steel Reserve out
0: there. I forgot to get it. Oh, damn. Yeah, I should have rolled with it. I'll just, um, I'll, ch- I'll chug a beer in my backyard. I'll throw one of these pottery
1: cans at you. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. So I think this is going to be a lot more fun than just going through the list of Vince Foster died on this day, and this is why it's suspicious. It's the second one. That's not true. Why would you say that? I don't because I don't <laughs> it's don't always
0: know. the second one. It's the no. Well, statistically, it's it's choice C. C. Yeah, so but only we only have three. Time. Does that matter? I don't know. Oh, okay, I don't know. Hit and, me with the stories.
1: So right, I'm ready. Here we go. So there's three of them. So here we go. Back in 1994, sexual. Oh, by the way, where were you in 1994?
0: I was mm-hmm. six. May May 23rd, 1994. What grade are you in when you're six? Oh, I don't know. Second, maybe. Third, second or third, Uh, somewhere in that range. I'm just imagining the horrible teachers I had those years. Oh God. I was definitely in elementary school. I was living at my parents' house as I would when I'm six. I would hope so. I was playing playing hockey, having a great time. You're playing hockey at six? Yeah, I started playing when I was four. That's really cool. Yeah. I got to get my kid in soccer or something. Not hockey. No, yeah, probably not. Too many injuries. She's too small. She's like she's, <laughs> she's like <tiny>. twenty six pounds. <laughs> she just needs to play like that sport where you twirl around in tutus oh, the, with the the
1: Will Ferrell like bow dancing thing. Yes. Yeah. That's sure, what yeah. she needs. We'll I feel that. like
0: she is one of those like forest wisp spirits that needs to do that. <laughs> she, she definitely she's is is cool. a forest wisp. Spirit. <laughs> um, no, All right. I, so I was in elementary school.
1: Okay. So you probably weren't sexually harassing interns. Probably not. Probably not. Okay. No. All right. Anyways, so back in 1994, sexual harassment lawsuits were coming at Bill Clinton faster than new grunge albums were hitting the shelves. The latest was brought by Paula Jones. She accused Bill Clinton and an Arkansas State Police officer named Danny Ferguson of being in cahoots, and that Clinton had propositioned her for the sex. Dun
0: dun dun! dun, dun, dun. Totally realistic.
1: I mean, I mean, like, let's not let's not mess around. Like, he was clearly banging these people. Like, there's, there's no term. I'm not going to pretend like Clinton wasn't having affairs. It's, like, totally obvious. Sure, yeah. You know, uh, the lawsuit outlined how Officer Danny Ferguson approached Paula Jones and told her that Bill had been asking about her and said he wanted to meet her. He then drove her to a hotel where Bill and her maybe have banged. Uh, that's what the lawsuit said. Maybe have banged. The officer later denied all of it. On May 6th of 1994, Jones filed her lawsuit. And on May 11th, Officer Ferguson's ex-wife, Kathy Ferguson, shot herself in the mouth at her boyfriend's house.
0: Holy shit.
1: They found a letter in her hands that was basically written saying that, uh, I hate you, you effed up my life, blah, blah, blah. And it was written to her boyfriend, who is not the Arkansas state trooper who lugged Paula Jones out to the hotel. This is an entirely different man named Bill Shelton, who a month later on June 12th, day before my birthday, if you want to send presents, the boyfriend, Bill Shelton went to her grave and shot himself also in the mouth. Holy shit. Then the very next day, Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman were brutally murdered at OJ
0: Simpson's house. I'm looking for the connection here. What's what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying these were a couple murders that happened all all at the same time. Yeah.
1: And so there is a pretty big theory out there bouncing around that I'm going to get into right now. It's pretty clear that officer Ferguson had been acting as a driver for Bill Clinton and bringing him women to have affairs with. He approached Paula Jones and brought her to Bill. She didn't like what she heard and filed a sexual harassment charge against both of them. Originally, Officer Ferguson was complying with the lawyers, looking to send Clinton up the river for sexual harassment. Hillary, though, was not a fan of this going any further, and she took action. Hillary and Bill decided it was imperative that the case went away, so they murdered the officer's ex-wife and planted a letter from her boyfriend accusing her of cheating on him. The officer still wasn't taking the hint, though, so they then... Murdered the boyfriend of his ex-wife a month later by dragging him to her gravesite and shooting him in the mouth and putting her suicide note in his hand, which he must have had to break into the uh, evidence locker to steal. But he was a wait he wasn't a state trooper, so it probably would have been harder to get that, yeah, so loophole. But the Clintons may have overstepped their bounds. It was just going to be too suspicious. So in a total panic, Bill and Hillary, flew to Los Angeles to OJ Simpson's house and murdered his wife and her friend, Ron Goldman to distract the entire United States from the murders of this state troopers, ex-wife and boyfriend. And believe it or not, they got away with it. Dun, dun,
0: dun. What do you think? How do you rate this one? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't even know what I think
1: about this. I, yeah,
0: I really am just sitting here kind of like awestruck. I'm just like, Oh, my God. This is ridiculous. It also totally happened. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. You think they killed OJ's wife to cover things up? If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. I'm just saying. It's possible. I don't know. I don't know what size uh, hands Clinton had compared to Trump. I feel like they'd have to be small. He's such a weirdo. You think so? Little hands. Hmm. I don't know. All right. Give me the next one so that I can kind of, because I'm not going to make my determination till the end. I'm going to the say end. they okay. all sound true. Yeah. All right.
1: Here we go. All right. There's a long-standing tradition of photographing the movements and actions of the president extensively to properly document history as it happens. That's where Billy Patterson comes in. Patterson was a graduate of Arkansas state and knew the Clintons since he shot their official portraits at of the governor's mansion in Arkansas way, way back in the eighties. Patterson was very lucky that Clinton brought him along to DC as his official photographer because he liked the work he did. As the final Clinton days in the White House were winding down, Patterson had been seeking out new work and he had a powerful reference in in his hands from the Clintons. Patterson had accepted a new full-time gig with the Associated Press and his friend Bill even sent him up with a private flight to Los Angeles where he'd be shooting his next series. But the overnight flight didn't go so well. Somewhere over the Rockies, the plane mysteriously vanished. It was found a week later smashed against the side of the mountain with no survivors aboard. So what the hell happened? During a long eight years at the White House, Bill Clinton was accused of soliciting sex from a lot of different women. And almost all of them worked at the White House in one way or another. The big problem was that there was photographic evidence of Bill holding hands with or hugging dozens of these different women, and that was not good. The week before Clinton's term ended, Patterson boarded the doomed flight to Los Angeles with all of his belongings and, most importantly, was the two boxes of film negatives he had that were slated to be archived at the Library of Congress after he was done cataloging all of them. But the Clintons had other plans. Bill and Hillary knew they would be in deep trouble if a bunch of pictures turned up of Bill grabbing intern butts and awkwardly hugging coworkers, So they acted. They gave him some extra time to work on organizing all of the official photos in a convenient place for them to vanish. The Clinton's henchman either rigged or straight up shot down this airplane eliminating all of the evidence of Bill's grabby booty
0: hands. Do you think it was shot down from a nuclear missile that came out of Hillary Clinton's submarine that's off the coast of Seattle? <laughs> God, I hope so. I mean cuz
1: then they would get multiple uses out of it. You know, first mm-hmm. the QAnon where they shot at Trump and then now this one.
0: Yeah. So Well, this one would have been first, I think. Yeah, 30 years before. Yeah. It's What's the shelf life on
1: on, uh, on a nuke? Cabal-led nuclear submarines.
0: I mean, I assume indefinitely. If they can get one, they probably got to ride that one out. Seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. They're using the same nukes now that they used then. Uh, well, that is definitely true. Yeah. They're making new nukes, though, like crazy ones. Yeah. Big nukes. These ones are weak-ass old nukes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Number three. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Mary Mahoney was
1: the night manager at a Starbucks in Georgetown, the affluent neighborhood in D.C. where all the richest of the rich live. Her family from nearby Maryland were proud when she interned for Bill Clinton just five years before. During the Clinton years, being a White House intern was a bit precarious. There were scandals flying around, accusations, and apparently a ton of sexual advances. If Clinton sexually harassed half the women who he'd been accused of harassing, He'd have no time to even run the country, which might be true. One late July night in 1997, Mary was closing up the Starbucks for the night when someone shoved her from behind and pushed her inside the store. With no warning, the unknown person began firing his handgun and killed Mary and two other workers there. He then fled the scene and didn't take a dime with him. So what the hell happened? Well, there's two leading theories to this particular one. First, author David Hoffman spent a year investigating this particular murder and wrote about it in various outlets. He told Globe magazine, quote, For many months, Mary, an outspoken lesbian and good-hearted den mother for other young White House interns, had been listening to tearful stories from them about alleged sexual passes made at them by Bill Clinton. She'd begun to tell others she planned to do something to help them. Mary's murder came just three days after Monica Lewinsky reportedly told Bill Clinton that she was planning on sharing their story with her parents. Between that threat and Monica's incoming firestorm, Bill acted and took out Mary or maybe Hillary did it. They probably just hired somebody. So that's first guess. Second, a group of online theorists came to the conclusion that with Monica's admission happening soon, Bill Clinton told a handful of goons to go take care of her, but in their haste to whack an intern, they only recalled that the name began with M and Mary was gunned down instead of Monica. Either way, D.C. council member Jack Evans was shocked by the murders and said, quote, to have a triple homicide anywhere in the District of Columbia is a completely unusual event, he said, who he actually represents the Georgetown area. But to have a triple homicide in Georgetown is extraordinary. Georgetown has never been a place where crime has been a problem. It had to be some kind of setup, though, because murder never happens in nice neighborhoods. So which of these stories is the fake one? The Arkansas trooper's ex-wife, the flying photographer, or the porn intern? What year was the, was the third one? Um, she, she was, Mary Mahoney was an intern at, during Clinton's first year, and then she was shot a few years later, five years later, 97.
0: So mm-hmm. he was still in office when she was shot. Okay. And it was right around the time when Monica came forward. All right, I was trying to look because the first Starbucks I think opened to Washington D.C. in '93 or something like that. So if yeah, so before she, that, she then, was shot in '97.
1: Okay, that's a good that's a good clue. Mm. I yeah, didn't see, I didn't even see you looking at your phone because I was going to call you out if you were in Google and stuff. So no, I was just
0: looking at that. All right. Okay.
1: Oh man. All right. Which will it be? The Arkansas trooper's ex wife and her boyfriend. The photographer on an airplane with all the pictures of Clinton's grabby butt hands or the poor intern slain before her time at a Starbucks.
0: I feel like it has to be the first one because that story is too complicated. Like I feel like it's trying too hard. Like you were trying to trip me up by making it very goofy and, and hard to follow. Is that your final answer? Yes. All right. Well, you're wrong. Damn. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, I have to chug a beer. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, so,
1: no. So the, the actual, the whole uh, Arkansas State Trooper story is true. Uh, he, he was working with Clinton. He did bring Clinton uh, women and was named oh, in Paula Jones's um, sexual assault case. Oh, wow. And during all that time frame, literally within days of him talking to a, a judge, his wife killed herself. Or ex-wife killed herself. So wow, they had been divorced for many years uh, and she had been dating this other guy, Bill Shelton. And, you know, they had some kind of like really ramped up emotional fallout thing. Yeah, and she killed herself and a month later he killed himself. Wow. You know, and they, the police say there were no, collect, no connections to the Clintons. You know, they kind of looked at it and they were like, yeah, it looks like they shot themselves. I don't know how you could possibly fake a suicide.
0: So, but I don't know. That's story number one. Do people really think that the OJ thing is part of it?
1: Yes. So that's the conspiracy twist. Okay. Is people really do think there's, I found a a decent amount of stuff on on forums online where people think uh, the boyfriend of the ex-wife, Bill Shelton killed himself and they were worried that, the the Clintons were worried that they had overstepped their bounds and were going to make a big national story about it when they get caught. So they actually went and killed OJ Simpson's wife and her friend.
0: Distraction and, basically.
1: Yeah. And I have no idea how, I mean, I know how somebody came up with that idea. They were like, look, the OJ Simpson, that was the story that covered the news. It was everywhere forever because it was 1994 and we had no, you know, nothing else to look at. And so, the Bronco and all that crap. It was like such a big story that years later, somebody looks back and they're like, Oh my God, it was the next day. Hillary had to have done this. Yeah. And I, I didn't look it up because it actually would take some like writing letters and FOIA requests and stuff. But I guarantee I could probably pull the Clintons, you know, location on that date and it wouldn't be Los Angeles. Right. So, because there was a signing of something by the UN and I think Bill was in New York, but of course they have a whole army of hedgemen. Yeah. Know, so.
0: Yeah. Fun fact though, I had the exact same year, model and color the as, Bronco? as OJ's Bronco. What what year was the Bronco? Was it it was a 1995 white on white 5 on Bronco. And I so
1: had was So that was a brand new. He must have, because it was 94 when that happened. He yeah. must have just bought that Bronco.
0: Yeah. Exact same one. Nice. I yeah. like that. I would love to have one of those. Had partners. the sick blue interior with the... Nice, nice. Yeah. The OJ special? Uh-huh. All right. Yeah.
1: So the photographer. So The
0: second one was the fake one? Or you're telling me...
1: Yes. The second one was the fake one.
0: Ah, uh, that you was... You should have
1: stuck with your instincts.
0: So surprisingly, I thought it was either the first one or the third one. Well, that's funny. Because the the Starbucks intern worker just seems so... Like you got to make lies simple. If you want people to
1: believe your lies, you got to make them very simple.
0: Yeah. Streamlined. That one just seems so flimsy.
1: The, you know uh, what I the mean? The Starbucks thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the Starbucks thing is interesting. So anyways, I made up everything about the photographer. I, it was
0: entirely. Facebook. I made up the
1: guy's name, made up everything about it. I have no idea if there, if he even had a photo. I'm sure he had a photographer, but okay. I made all of it up. Okay. Um, The intern though, that is a very real story. And uh, Mary Mahoney was, um, was a intern at Clinton's White House. Her job was basically setting up White House tours. So she would get the letters. If you, if you want to go tour the White House, you got to call your senator. Your senator sends an email or a letter, and then you go and you can tour. Interesting. It's um, the way it used to be. They don't do it that way anymore. But back then, that was how it all worked out. So her job was to take the letters and process them and set up badges and stuff for people that were going to come to her so she had no connection to clinton at all um she wasn't around at all and her story kind of fell by the wayside until the seth rich murder which happened at the beginning of the whole QAnon thing do you know anything about this no okay so seth rich was this guy the QAnon theory is seth rich was um this guy who worked for the dnc which he was and he worked for the dnc in general and he was about to jump ship and go work for bernie sanders campaign and that was known he had a job offer okay so he left the dnc late one night and he was on the phone talking to his girlfriend and he was walking around trying to figure out what he was going to do about if he was going to take the job with bernie or stay at the dnc which would have been a better long-term job because if bernie lost he would have had to find a new job right so he's walking around he lived in southeast which is the rough neighborhood in dc He's walking around all of a sudden, a couple guys come up. He's talking to his girlfriend on the phone. A couple guys come up. They rough him up, get in a fight, shoot him. He dies. Uh, They don't take any of his money. They don't take his wallet. Uh, As soon as the gunshot goes off, apparently he grabbed the gun because he had the close range um, fire gunpowder stuff on his hands. Yeah. So he tried to grab the gun, goes off.
0: They took off. So, people who don't know, basically, when you shoot a gun, gunpowder goes in right. two directions: backwards out the chamber, which is why right. it gets on your hands—the shooter's hands. Yeah, yeah, the shooter's hands. Um, and with a revolver, it's less. Yeah, with a uh, uh, with a semi-auto, it's more because as the right, it's concentrated as there. the slide slides back. Uh, some of the powder comes backwards as the shell is being ejected out the side. You get gunpowder on your hands. That's why they wipe you down with that shit. And if it turns purple, you have gunpowder on your hands. That's how the cops can do that. The other side of it is that um, just scientifically, you know, the way gunpowder works, uh, it's not a very efficient method of creating propulsion. Right. Right. I mean, they can...
1: Most of the power is lost. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So... um, If you're really, really good and you do a metric fuck ton of research uh, about it, you can get it down to the part where you can basically make sure you very select like a very nice expensive powder and stuff like that so that when you shoot, all of it burns basically the instant the bullet leaves. But there's there's two higher probability situations. Either you don't have enough powder so it all burns up before the bullet leaves the barrel and then you have basically an under-velocity Right. Projectile, which is how we have stuff like subsonic ammo. Yeah. uh, Because they do it on purpose. Uh, And then the other side is, which is very typical with like manufacturer pre-built, you know, type ammo. They just put whatever's cheap or whatever they have a lot of that's reliable in. And, you know, you can use that same ammo in 20 different, you know, a million different handguns. And dependent upon the length of the barrel more or less of the powder will get burned. And so typically powder shoots out the end of the barrel and that's how you end up with a giant fireball coming out of the inner barrel because that's powder burning in the air. Yep. And that's how if you're getting shot at and you have powder on you... yeah. You know, he had powder burns on his hands because the right. powder hit his hands as it was igniting. And, and they
1: know how close the proximity you are to the gun when that goes off, those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. So
0: they can figure out what kind of powder it was, yeah. how far away you were, and all this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So essentially what happened with Seth Rich was all of that. Like the guy was probably just killed in a messed up robbery.
0: Yeah. But And then everybody ran away and they didn't take a shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: But what happened was uh, Julian Assange from WikiLeaks said in an interview with somebody that um, you know, these kind of murders happen all the time that are politically related. Look at Seth Rich. And he just mentioned that off the cuff. And so that turned into a thing that everybody grabbed onto and they turned it into a thing like, well, if Julian Assange thinks so, it must be some sort of insider knowledge because he's WikiLeaks. Right. And so they just assumed that he knew what he was talking about and ran with it. And right. so then Sean Hannity and all these other people started covering this thing as like a DNC murder. And so the the prevailing theory is that he took a bunch of information from the DNC and tried to sell it to somebody or do something with it. And yeah. so he was shot. Yeah. Um, probably not. Who knows? It's, it's who knows it's possible. But anyways, when they found this intern for Clinton who was shot in this Starbucks thing, people related it directly to Seth rich because it was a very similar kind of no money was taken. It was a very sudden horrible murder in an area where that doesn't happen
0: very often. And they just ran with it, you know? So yeah. Could have been a serial killer or just something random.
1: Yeah. I mean it could, well, so uh, five or six years later, they arrested some random guy uh, for it because they track, he used his gun in another crime and they tracked the gun somehow together.
0: The ballistics. Yeah, the
1: ballistics report. So they tracked these two together and they figured it must be this guy.
0: So more fun firearms knowledge. (laughs) Yeah. When a projectile hits a body, they can pull the projectile back out, store it, and then they can use like pictures and I mean, you can do it on paper basically, which is how they would have had to do it back then. But they do it by taking pictures and imaging and shit now. But basically they can use projectiles that they've recovered from bodies and stuff in the past. I mean, this is basically some CSI shit and yeah. it doesn't happen exactly like they do in CSI, right, right. but essentially what they can do is if they recover the gun and they pull a bullet out of a second guy and they have the gun, they can take that gun. And they basically shoot it into a big tank full of water and then they pull that projectile back out and they can compare the rings that are on the projectile that the, um oh, the barrel yeah, the rifling, has yeah. yeah the barrel has grooving inside of it yeah, called right. rifling and that leaves like a very unique yeah trace rings essentially like the spin pattern kind of on the bullet right. and they can compare the one that they shot to the water against the one that was used in the crime and if they match up there's a huge percentage it's the same gun.
1: Right. It's kind of what uh what Batman did in Dark Knight. Yeah. Where he pulled the bullet fragments out of that brick.
0: Yes, and then it's not quite like that because that's a frangible bullet, and you can't reconstruct frangibles. That's that would just be impossible. But yeah, um, but it's a a similar idea of that kind of thing. Yeah, any normal, even hollow point or FMJ round or something like that, where they can pull the those like markings and rings and stuff off the jacketing of the bullet. Right. But you could, there's no way we could, you could reconstruct. And at least I don't know of a way. Yeah. Unless you have some completely bonkers computer system or somebody's written a program where you can scan frangible pieces. Cause what a frangible is basically the projectile hits something and it just shatters into like a million pieces. Okay. And they're really great for using in, Indoor combat situations because they can't penetrate. Oh, yeah. The first time they hit something, like they, a bird sh- shot. they shatter. Yeah. Like it, as soon as it hits a piece of drywall, it's just gonna shatter. So unless you hit a target hit a target with it, it's completely useless because it can't penetrate. But if you hit a person with it, they are they're not instantly dead, right? But they are gonna die from bleeding out because this bullet basically hits and just shatters into a many pieces and you can't get it back out. Gross. Yeah. That's it, awful. It just rips all through you and all these little tiny pieces and stuff. So I thought that's what hollow points do. No, hollow points basically what they do is they are designed to hit and expand. So they, um, so an FMJ is basically a lead core and it's wrapped entirely in, uh, it's usually copper. Okay. Or, full metal jacket. Yes, yes, a full metal jacket. The entire lead casing of the bullet is wrapped in some sort of metallic gotcha.
1: coating, and that keeps it one piece.
0: Yes. All the way through. And so even if you shoot it into like a wall or a brick, or a, I literally have one sitting on the bench behind me that I recovered from shooting a while back, and it's just dented on the side. Okay. And it just, it maintains the integrity of the the round.
1: So a human meat bag, it's just going to like poke a hole through them.
0: Maybe. It depends on, <laughs> there's a lot going on Okay, here, but yeah. it depends on the velocity and the momentum of the round and right. the bullet, the what they call the, like coefficient there's gotcha. all this math behind it basically yeah. how heavy the round is how fast it's going what your distance sure. is all this stuff whether it's going to penetrate or not um but what a hollow point is 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 basically that same thing except that the jacketing ends towards the tip of the round and then the end of the round is kind of dug out so it's right hollow in the end and Okay. What that, And then you can put it, there's a bunch of different kind of jackets and stuff that you can put on it to make it expand in different kind of ways that make it more deadly. But basically sure. what that's intended to do is when it hits a thing, the bullet opens up like a, like a flower, basically. Yeah. You think of a flower as being closed and when it blooms, it opens up. It's basically the same concept here where okay. you have a small bullet and when it hits something, it basically expands out into like a mushroom shape. Okay, And that mushroom shape makes the smaller bullet bigger and makes it tear through the... So it makes a
1: cone-shaped hole through your body, essentially.
0: No, because typically a hollow point's not going to penetrate. Oh, okay. That's the whole point. Oh, so Is it just it
1: opens up and it stops. So then are you getting a blast of, like, kinetic energy from the bullet suddenly stopping? Yeah. And that probably does a lot of damage too, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, and some um, some hollow points are designed to penetrate, like, I have home defense rounds called critical duties and they are intended to be penetrating rounds. So like okay. if I ever have somebody come into my house and um, I am able to hear them, I can lock us in our, own, in our bedroom and yeah. if the bad guy's on the other side of the door, I oh, can just okay. shoot straight through the door and kill them. Okay. You know what I mean? We're I don't have to worry about there being something. I don't have to worry about hitting an actual person. Right. I can shoot straight through something and yeah. hit somebody on the other side. Okay. And that's what that round's designed for. But um, and full metal jackets would do a similar thing or whatever, but most hollow points and even stuff like clothing affects it because the hollow point can be, get plugged up by like denim or, or oh, wow. cloth and stuff and it can prevent it from expanding and stuff like that. Okay. If you ever have any, if you ever want to learn about this kind of thing, there's a ton of people out there that have done all kinds of, um, bullet expansion yeah. videos on YouTube. There's yeah. all kinds I've of I've seen some, yeah um and i have examples sitting on the bench back here <laughs> of, of rounds i recovered but um yeah i mean wild yeah it's pretty cool basically hollow points kill better yeah and that's the entire point it makes of them, sense. because if you shoot somebody and you have a what's called a through and through it penetrates all the way through that's the best possible wound you can get from getting shot
1: yeah, because I know the military, they have to basically use full metal jacket. Yeah, it's yeah. part of the
0: Geneva Convention. Yeah. You can't use hollow points in war. Right. right? Um, but police can use hollow points when they're trying to kill you. So, right. And I can use hollow points if you break in my house, but um, right. the military can't.
1: And so that's what the AK-47 fires at a lower velocity. So the bullet tumbles. And while it's still a full metal jacket, it's tumbling and that it makes a larger hole in you, essentially.
0: Oh, my gosh. Am I correct on that? No. Oh, okay. We're we're getting into a different thing. So AK forty seven uses a thirty caliber projectile. Right. Um. It's the same. It's basically the same thing as a three hundred eight or a thirty out six or a thirty right. thirty. Where it's a 0.3. um, point three. It's like 0.3 centimeters. I can't remember the measurement right, right. now exactly, but AK forty seven is a seven six two by seven six seven point six two millimeters by thirty nine millimeters. That's the size of the entire cartridge cartridge yeah yeah so like a um ak uh so an ak is a 7.62 by 39 that's basically the metric equivalent ish of a 308 okay sort of and all 308 is is it's a shortened uh 30 at six
1: right okay right.
0: so the 30 at six came first it was originally designed as an anti-aircraft well um uh cartridge yeah um and then they started using it in stuff like the M4A1 or uh, in the M1A and M1 Garand and all that kind of stuff and then they figured out through powder technology that they didn't need that much cartridge space so they shortened the cartridge redesigned its neck down and the 308 was born okay uh, so basically you can have a shorter stroke length on a bolt action Uh, you can have shorter rifles. That fires faster,
1: essentially. Yeah, Yeah. and
0: and it's just a better designed uh cartridge or whatever. Um, so the AK doesn't necessarily tumble, but the the 30 caliber round is just bigger. It shoots slower. Okay, you know what I mean. So like the cycle rate on a AK is going to be a lot slower than the cycle rate on something like an AR. Right, and and that's just because the AR is a smaller round. It's yeah, two two three. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah well uh i'm five point five six 5. yeah it's a 5.56 5. 20 23
1: millimeter twenty nine millimeter
0: i don't know i have some i have a bunch in a pile right here i could <laughs> i could tell you um but yeah and and the Russians have a similar round they have a five point five four by yeah twenty eight or something like that, and that's what they use in the a k seventy four yeah um and that was basically their answer to our round. The twenty-two is twenty-two caliber round is gonna tumble a lot more. It's cause it's a smaller, faster moving projectile. It's like almost twice the speed. Oh wow typically because okay. it's such a smaller round, it's much lighter, so they need a lot more kinetic energy for it to do what it has to do. Um, but thirty uh, thirty caliber rounds have a lot more momentum, so they penetrate better. So it's like if you come up to uh so like the reason a lot of military and stuff like the ak a lot is because that platform is so reliable and it's like if you have a person uh driving a car at you and you need to stop them you're going to really wish you had an ak because yeah. you could not only shoot through one door you could shoot through the entire car could right. go through one door through the inside right thing, through right. a person through yeah. the another person through another door and out the other side and the ak will just blast through all that the 22 is going to stop right at the first door
1: yeah it's like that navy seal movie where you had the 50 caliber yeah, exactly. I'm just gonna go through the wall.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, but no, I know if and if I had it all written down and had my, I have books on this shit yeah, because yeah. I don't want to have to remember it. Right. So if y'all, yeah, if y'all cool. ever want to talk about the science <laughs> of like bullets, yep. uh, I'll yeah. be happy to talk to you about it. But. We can do a side project just like that. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. So let's get back into this. So the the photographer was fake. With the Clinton body count, you could pretty much take any death and Kevin Bacon it into some kind of Clinton connection, and if you're really motivated, you could probably do this with Obama, Trump, anybody else, and with that being said, there's some wonky things on this list. A lot of the people did die, but probably not the way the list suggests, and most likely not at the hands or orders of Bill and Hillary. There's a whole side of the political spectrum that pictures Hillary Clinton, hands dripping in blood, her targeting her next victim while peeling off babies' faces, but It's probably not true, probably. Presidents do kill people all the time, though, and the Clintons aren't innocent in this in any way, shape, or form. U.S. government sanctioned assassinations are not rare at all. They're usually not super personal, though. Declassified documents are littered with good and bad people presidents have ordered to be killed over the ages, and it's probably a lot worse than you think in your own head. The Clintons are an archetype of evil that conspiracy theorists love to beat on because they're just easy. There's a lot of weird shit in their background. Bill Clinton was out there banging every woman in his sphere of influence. And to be honest, they're pretty ruthless politicians, just like every other president we've had sitting in the Oval Office. So it's just as likely that if this list is true, then Bush Jr., Trump, and even the overly nice guy, Habitat for Humanity, Jimmy Carter, has a list just like that in their back pocket that follows them around and we'll never know whether or not it's true. So... You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things to be believed about it, a lot of things not to be believed about it. It's a very weird situation to have somewhere between 10 and 500 people connected to you that suddenly died. But it's also when you become a major politician and you're the governor of Arkansas and then president of the United States and all that stuff, how many people do you really have in your little black book,
0: you know? I mean, if you come from Arkansas, probably a couple. <laughs> one or two? Yeah. A couple people there. Couple. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. This one's just so easy to believe cuz they're just so terrible.
1: Well, and they're they're easy boogeymen. you know? It's he is a clearly an adulterer, you know, out there banging everybody. Yeah, for sure. And Hillary is kind of a ruthless politician and knows what she wants and went after it pretty heavily, you know? And so she's easy to make a, into a bad guy. And even with the whole, you know, first female president, which would have been a cool thing to watch, she still has this kind of aura of quote-unquote bad person because she's so ruthless and people read it that
0: way. Right. I mean, that's how we got Trump in office.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? You know? So, I don't know. Do I believe any of it?
0: I mean, I believe every... I think
1: it's The Simpsons where it's like you get one kill when he was talking to who... I forgot who... Who was who became president? Probably Homer or something. And he's like, When you're president, now you get one kill and it's off the books. And and I don't know, maybe I could see that happening with that sort of thing. I mean, they told Martin Luther King to kill himself. You know, they they were telling people left and right to kill themselves and going after people and murdering people. Yeah. You know, so is it believable? There's some stuff there for sure. But I don't know if adding everybody from uh you know, I've seen JFK Jr. on the list, that that singer Avicii, he was on the list. I've seen the guy from Soundgarden on the list.
0: Chris Cornell? Yeah,
1: Chris Cornell. What? Yeah, so apparently Chris Cornell did some volunteering at a anti-child trafficking organization, and people said Hillary didn't like it, so she had him killed. Um, who was the other famous singer that killed himself right around that time? Um, oh,
0: I don't remember. Uh, there's another guy. But yeah, I don't know.
1: but Epstein obviously is on the list.
0: Oh, they definitely killed him.
1: Because obviously he was trafficking children for Bill and Hillary, and so they killed That's him. That's all true. Right. And so <laughs> I mean, uh, who's the famous chef that, that uh also killed himself? That kind of looks like Epstein. What's that? Oh, name? oh uh, shit. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, he's on the list. Right so yeah, it's this it's this list that you know, and I think I said this last week is it's like tofu, whatever you put on it, that's what it tastes like. That's kind of what the Clinton body count list is. Yeah. Anybody you don't like, if they had any relation to the Clintons, you know, like the Chris Cornell thing, I think maybe he showed up at an event in the late nineties and took a picture with the Clintons. And so that was their evidence that he was working against them. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, it's kooky. It's a weird thing.
0: I'm but, gonna continue to believe that they absolutely are out here doing some spacey <laughs> just, black ops shit. Just daily murders. I mean, at this point it's so ingrained in me that I hate them that I kinda yeah. can't go back. I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but I, mean, I don't anyway. have
1: any skin in this game. I mean, I I yeah. think Clinton was the first president I voted for back in the day. I couldn't vote in ninety six. So. Yeah. That was my that was the first time I voted, but I
0: was eight.
1: Yeah, I was eighteen. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that. Clinton's probably killed a bunch of people. Who cares? Probably.
0: (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us for this one. Hopefully, you enjoyed the different perspective that we took in the fun game we played when we totally lied to you about the photographer dying in the Rockies. But yeah, it was kind of fun. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, (laughs) we will uh, see you guys again next week.
1: See you real soon.
2: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Brew Luminati. Our intro and outro music is written by Dungeness. Want to learn more about the topics we cover and who we are? Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Brew Luminati Podcast for behind the scenes content and updates. Do you have mystical powers of insight or just questions, suggestions, and feedback? Reach out to us at thebrewluminati at gmail.com. Are you ready to immerse yourself into the inner circle? Visit patreon.com slash brewluminati podcast. For the same price as a cup of coffee or sandwich you won't remember, you know, because of mind control, you can join the Brew Illuminati and lift the veil on the true mysteries of the universe. Your membership to the Conclave unlocks access to our secret Discord server, bonus Patreon-only content, behind-the-scenes talks, and much more. Every dollar spent not only helps us reveal the truths of the world, but also frees us to make the show better, weirder, and allows us to go deeper and deeper into the void while funding our next beer run. When we're not talking conspiracies and beer, we're passionate about saving the forgotten puppies and kitties of the world. 10% of every dollar you donate goes directly to the Best Friend Pet Adoption Agency. They are a local 501c3 all-breed, all-foster cat and dog rescue that will save the life of a pet who never had a chance. Keep an eye out because we'll be posting pictures of the lives our listeners save. For more information on Best Friend Pet Adoption, head over to bfpa.org. Join us again next week for another episode of Brew Luminati. We know you will, because again, mind control is real.